AMA 50 KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Matt, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Now, we wrapped up Leviticus. We moved into Numbers 8, and at the end of Leviticus, there was more talk about uncleanliness, and then there was talk about festivals and the year of the Jubilee. Then we went into Numbers and it starts out with a census, and now there's various camps being set up. Can you help us understand what's going on here? Yeah, you bet. Great detail about all sorts of things like vows and the setting up of camp, as you mentioned. And, and again and again, I would go back to that idea of the Lord is holy and his people are called to be set apart. So what does the right worship of Yahweh, what does the right worship of the Lord look like? And, and this is what it looks like. This is the picture that we're given. So even in the Old Testament, God is giving his people a means by which to be forgiven. And again and again, one of the consistent themes, again, I think, is the shedding of blood, uh, which the shedding of the blood comes the forgiveness of sins. And with the shedding of blood, certainly always brings us back to that Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, whose blood was shed uh, for the sins of the world. But boy, it really does get into quite a bit of detail when it comes to, to many of these aspects uh, here in Leviticus and then even into the book of Numbers, no doubt about it. To me, it was getting confusing at times. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Well, yeah, exactly. And and like we talked about a little last week, that idea that these are the ceremonial laws, uh, laws that were for the people at that time, laws that are very important, but they're laws that don't apply to us today. And I think that's something huge for us as listeners and readers of God's word to, to realize too, that today, again, uh, God has fulfilled that for us in Christ, all those laws. And uh, now we still have the moral law. We saw that law written on our hearts of the Ten Commandments. Uh, but uh, all these ceremonial laws that are so detailed, uh, we don't have to follow, which thanks be to God for that, because they are confusing, like you said, Gary. Uh, but we have that freedom now in Christ Jesus. Are any of these festivals or any of these like year of Jubilee, are these some of the church years that we follow today or any, it was at the beginning of any of that? So yeah, there, there's a few parallels, like even, you know, the day of Pentecost when they, um, when we hear about that in the book of Acts, that was an Old Testament festival that was celebrated and it takes on new meaning then on the day of Pentecost when God pours out the Holy Spirit. Uh, so there's, there's a number of touch points, but many of those, no, we don't really celebrate, at least not in the same way. As, as Christians. I think of things like the Day of Atonement, uh, not necessarily. Um, we think of uh, the, uh, the Passover, and, and not really, but yet the Passover takes on a, a greater meaning, a new meaning, that new covenant in the Lord's Supper, uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed. So some of these we recognize today, but with new meaning in Christ. Uh, and especially I think of the, the Passover and that connection of the Lord's Supper, and then certainly to, to Jesus' death and, and resurrection from the dead. Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, Numbers chapter 6, I think, is kind of an important chapter. And two two quick things that I wanted to comment on there, Gary. Uh, the first one is this Nazarite vow, because this Nazarite vow, it sounds so strange, and it comes up a, a number of times in the Old Testament. But this Nazarite vow is this, this voluntary vow that's taken by an individual, and it's meant to, to show that they're set apart. Uh, so three parts of this vow. One, they abstain from anything from the grapevine. So we're talking about grape juice, grapes themselves, wine. Uh, they abstain from that. 
Uh, number two, they let their hair grow out. Okay, don't cut your hair. And then number three is you avoid contact with with the dead. All right, so no corpses, no contacts with the with the dead. So there's a couple guys uh, that are. Uh, take these Nazarite vows in the Old Testament. I think that the most famous one was that one long-haired guy in the Old Testament. Um, you remember his name, Gary? Uh, uh, Samson? Samson. So Samson, yeah. yeah so Samson. There's, there's a couple other long-haired guys. I, I'm yeah. a bald guy myself, uh, so I'm not one of them. I wouldn't do very well with a Nazarite vow, I guess. But yeah, Samson was one of them, and a couple other long-haired guys. But Samson's the one that takes that vow, and uh, and uh, kind of you know, the Lord works through him in special ways, certainly as a judge of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think of the, that vow that is taken by the Nazarites, and I, I got me thinking about vows we still take today, right? You, when we are baptized, that uh, we take those vows to uh, renounce the devil and his works and ways, and uh, that faith in Christ, the confirmation then, uh, especially maybe as we're, if we were baptized as an infant, uh, those same vows really are reaffirmed there at our confirmation. Right. Uh, at weddings, we, we take vows for better, for worse, and sickness and health. Uh, so again and again, we take vows as, in our Christian life too. And uh, we we pray that God would grant us the grace, the strength to, to keep those vows, uh, to keep our word. And uh, as Jesus says too, that our yes be yes and our no be no. Uh, but then also, even when we fail at those vows or when we aren't as faithful in our vows as we could be, uh, we rejoice that God is always faithful in his vows, that every promise he's made to us, he's going to keep. He has kept and he will keep uh, even into the future. So I think some some neat insight there when it comes to, to Nazarite vows, but also to, to just vows in general. The last thing I wanted to point out is, is again in that same chapter, chapter six of Numbers. So if you're reading along, maybe take a, another look at that chapter because you have the what we call the, the Aaronic benediction, this benediction that's given to Aaron as high priest to place on the people. Uh, benediction that, that means good word. Here's the good word he's to give to the people. This is how the, the priests are to bless the people. And just real quick, number six, beginning with verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, and then probably this sounds familiar to many folks. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Those words were given 3,500 years ago, how the priests are to bless the people. And here we are 3,500 years later, and we're still using those very same words to bless the people of God. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing, that the ears of God's people, believers in, in the Lord, have heard those words of blessing uh, from priests, from pastors over the years. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool that, that God shines his face upon us and it's not judgment, but yet blessing and kindness. Uh, and then I think the other neat thing is that threefold blessing, the Lord bless you, the Lord make his face shine on you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Uh, the name of the Lord used three times. I think it, it points us ahead to that greater re revelation of the triune God, one God with three persons uh, that Jesus certainly is going to reveal to us even in a greater way uh, when we get to the New Testament. That blessing, I think, is really a neat one and, and one that I hope our listeners don't take for granted when they hear it in worship, but, but hold it near and dear that they're in that line of God's people over the centuries that received this very same blessing. Okay. Would you like to lead us in a prayer? 
Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, as we think about vows, uh, that you would uh, be a God who always keeps your vows, your many promises to us. Uh, Help us in keeping our word and and the vows that we make uh, before you and before spouses and in our confirmation and, and in our baptism. Lord, we also uh, thank you for your blessing, that words of the benediction. Uh, Help us to not take that blessing for granted, but to give you thanks and praise for it as you remind us of your kindness to us in shining your face upon us in that special way. Uh, We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And where where do we read next week? Next week, we're going to pick up uh, with the book of Numbers 9 through 21. Good stuff there in those chapters. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Thanks for reading along. We'll talk again next week. We are the messenger of good news, worldwide KFUO, KFUO.org, AM 850 here in the St. Louis area.